Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. What justified this raid on the president? Nobody is above the law. Hunter, where's Hunter? What happened to Hunter? Desperate to cover up Hunter Biden's and Joe Biden's potential corruption. A tipping point between tyranny and freedom. I know doing this reeks of politics. This is a dangerous precedent to set. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Thursday. It's also down at the Little League Softball World Series Elimination Day to bring us up to speed with what is happening down at Elm Street Park. Uh, The voice of the Pirate Baseball and head of media relations for the uh, Girls Little League Softball, Scooter Rogers is on the line. Hey, Scoot, how's it going? Scooter, are you with us? Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> All right, we'll see if we can get Scooter. Okay, we'll see if uh, if Scooter is there, uh, join in on us. But it is Elimination Day, and uh, sorry to say, two teams are going home. Um, Italy lost earlier today. In fact, they lost in mercy under the mercy rule in wow. four innings. 12 nothing. they lost to uh, Central Missouri. Uh, Columbia, Missouri, Central Region. Um, and in the uh, 1 o'clock game, Issaquah, Washington, lost to Laverne, California by a score of 71. They are going home. So two teams are going home. As we speak, the uh, North Carolina team, represented by Winterville, North Carolina, the Pitt County Girls Softball, uh, they are in the top of the fourth inning, and North Carolina is up. Do we have uh, Scooter on the line? Scooter! Well, we definitely are connected. Obviously, you can hear the cheering in the background. You with us, Scooter? Yes, I am. You just heard the uh, Pitt County fans cheer for a uh, third out to close out the top of the fourth inning of their game, which they currently lead Puerto Rico four to nothing in. Okay. Well, tell us about uh, what what else has happened uh, earlier today. So we had uh, two elimination games earlier today. We saw Missouri defeat the uh, Italy, Italian team 12 to nothing this morning with Italy being the first team eliminated. And then we saw California defeat the team from Washington at 1 o'clock today, and they have been eliminated as well. So losers bracket taking place today. And then uh, tomorrow night we will have the first winners brackets games, and we will also move to linear television tomorrow at four o'clock as well so we will be on national tv starting at four o'clock for the rest of the tournament tomorrow okay uh assuming north carolina can hang on and win you just said they were up four to nothing and the uh, bottom of the fourth inning um assuming they win this game when will they play next they will play at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning against california so they would have a uh, rematch at their first round game okay and california won earlier uh today a uh, seven to one, pretty. Uh, although that was that game looked like it was pretty close for uh, most of the game. It wasn't until I think the last inning that uh, California ran away with it, or maybe the second to last inning. It, yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a one to one game going into the sixth inning, and California was down one nothing, I believe, until the fifth inning. So it was a late comeback for the uh, team from California, which is a, a very good ball club. Now, at this point, if you're in the loser bracket, as North Carolina is, will they have to play every day from here through uh, the championship game if they were to get that far? I do not have the brackets right in front of me right now, but uh, I believe it, it is very close to playing 
every single day from here on out, which is not as big as a deal as it is in baseball because softball does not have the pitch count rules right. that baseball does. So their pitchers go by innings that if, as long as you stay under seven innings for a day, you can come back the next day. Uh, so softball pitching rules are a whole lot less strenuous than the uh, baseball pitching rules. Right. Yeah, it, it looks strenuous, but uh, uh, that that uh, underhanded pitch is not as hard on the uh, arm and the shoulder. Hey, uh, Scooter, thanks Correct. for keeping us up to date, and uh, we'll check in with you tomorrow. Awesome. Sounds good. Right. Thank thanks. You. Scooter Rogers checking in from uh, Stalling Stadium at Elm Street Park, where uh, North Carolina right now is up in the fourth inning, four to nothing. And this is um... – he may have told us. I don't remember, but th- th- this is a modified double elimination where it's double elimination until you get to a yes. sing- single championship uh, game, one or take all. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. So, so Pitt County, if they got on a winning streak, uh, they could go to a championship game just uh, correct. Just w- win one time and be correct. done. Okay. And uh, and he's right. You know, the pitching is you know in in little league at a little league baseball, um, it is. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's, it's one He's of those days. He's a popular days. guy. <laughs> In Little League Baseball, it is, uh, you're very dependent on uh, the pitch count and uh, how the pitchers are doing. Hey, listen, we got to take a timeout. We're going to do it right now. When we come back. we got lots to talk about, so stay with us. News and Views continues right after this. This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. It is uh, one of those days. <laughs> Let's do the weather, shall we? It is uh, Political Trivia Day, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, take a quick look at your weather forecast. Tonight, thunderstorms all around 71. Tomorrow, thunderstorms likely in the morning, and then uh, again, showers in the afternoon. A high tomorrow of only 83 chance of rain tomorrow is 70 percent and uh, tomorrow night it clears up with a low of 61 that sounds great yes saturday is the low of 60 and i'm gonna make a predict- wow. i'm gonna make a prediction i'll report back next week i predict it's gonna be a low of 58 out at big cypress farm <laughs> <laughs> and i will have a fire going well <laughs> uh might have to come out and put some there's a lot of there's a lot of problems to get solved around that fire. Let there me tell you go. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. A lot of <laughs> a lot of debate. Um, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full service dining, outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Come out and join Ironwood because right now they have waived the membership fees. And listen, if you're headed to the beach this summer, pack your clubs because Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, Compass Point Golf Club, and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. Contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today. So, uh, by the way, we will play political trivia in just a little bit. Uh, your category today is American ingenuity. Before we get to that, though, my uh, partner in uh, crime here on uh, News and Views, somebody sent this to him. He sent it to me, and uh, I'm sorry, I've got to go there. The ECU Faculty Convocation, and this is on their website. Okay, I'm not this is not any secret information. This is right off their website. Their faculty convocation 
takes place next Friday, August the 19th, from 9 to 10 a.m. in Wright Auditorium. You can live stream it if you want to watch it, or you, I guess you could go there. I don't know if they will let the public come in or not. But um, among other things, so you've got a one-hour faculty convocation. The chancellor, Philip Rogers, will be there. He'll give perspectives on the coming year. There will be a general faculty vote, amendments to the faculty constitution and bylaws. Then they get to uh, the real fun stuff. Uh, let's see. We've got one of the one of the talks is going to be from Ann Tickner, who's the chair of the faculty. She'll be talking on making the secret hurt visible. Making the secret hurt visible. Okay, hmm. I, I don't know, but it sounds woke to me. Or it could be you know, maybe it's depression. I don't know. Maybe, maybe or something. Maybe, you know, maybe it could be. It could be. See, I, I'm so much nastier than Benny. <laughs> I'm much more cynical. Uh, you just maybe a little less open-minded. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but then we get into the fun stuff. This is at the faculty convocation. And I remember, if you go back in time, a convocation historically, and, and we got the word convocation from the Episcopal Church when they had the, the gathering of their clergy and it was uh, the kickoff or one of their, I don't know, their get-togethers. But generally, a, a, a convocation you think of is, okay, it's, a, it's an opening ceremony which is kicked off with uh, an invocation to uh, ask the Lord to oversee the, the coming event. Um, th- not on this one. Uh, the LGBTQ plus health initiative will be presented with Brandon Kyle, Dr. Brandon Kyle, associate professor of Brody School of Medicine, and Sierra Buckman. Director of Pediatric Research at the Brody School of Medicine. Now, why would you have a pediatrician or a director of pediatric research speaking on LGBTQ plus? Good question. And if someone out there is listening, uh, that's part of the agenda to like to inform us. Hey, we yeah, I'd love to know. Love to know. Five six one eight two five five. We'll be happy to. Uh, more. Th- then then uh, we've got celebrating the LGBTQ community through campus collaboration. You've got Angela Wells and uh, Mark Rassdorf, who uh, will be uh, there on behalf of the uh, Dr. Jesse Peel LGBTQ Center. So it only lasts an hour, but um, I- I- I'm sorry. This, this is the kickoff for the new year, the new the school year, and – Two key components of the convocation are dealing with LGBTQ plus in, in initiatives. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's my question. Just based on, well, just based on space on the page, it's looks like half the agenda, at least. At least a third. And I mean, yeah, at least a third. Maybe, well, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I'd say more 40% plus. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, you know, there's, I, I mean, I would think there's a lot that the faculty needs to assemble and discuss. Um, maybe, maybe that is an issue, but it's awful, seems an awful lot like that's the main part of the agenda to me. And I just, that's just kind of, I thought it was kind of interesting when I stumbled across it. Yeah. Uh, it, well, interesting is very diplomatic. Yeah. Uh, infuriating is what came to my mind. Um, I, again, why is it? And, and, and let me, let me fold into this another story that uh, actually had towards the bottom of the pile. But it uh, is out of, believe it or not, out of uh, North Dakota. 
where a school board up in North Dakota has come out and they have decided that they are no longer going to recite the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of their school board meetings because they have said that it is uh, separation of church and state or something to that effect because the words under God are in the Pledge of Allegiance. And again, this was rather uh, surprising that it was out of uh, Fargo, North Dakota, really rather surprising to me. But, you know, I thought to myself, I said, why is it that so often we have a situation where, and frankly, I'm tired of the fact that we'll have a small minority making themselves out to be the victims to the point that they, they in, in this particular school board, and I'm sure, you know, unfortunately, they're probably not the only ones, but they can't recite an affirmation to our country and our flag. But beyond that, they want to make sure nobody else recites it either. And yet at the same time, we have all this nonsense, how we must follow in lockstep or, or be arrested for insensitivity. I mean, that happened over in, in Great Britain. Now, granted, mm-hmm. that's not the United States, but there's a story just last week about some guy who was arrested in, in Great Britain because he didn't use the proper pronoun, he, he or she or whatever it was, and insensitivity. Uh, so on one hand, you know, we, we've got to be extra sensitive to one group while that group is a small minority, but yet at the same time, that small minority can be rather insensitive to the majority. And, and again, I'll go back to this story out of North Dakota, out of the New York Press, uh, the New York Post, talking about the fact that, no, we're not going to say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore because the word under God is in there. Member Robert Nelson voted to keep the pledge, didn't see anything wrong with reciting it, but uh, there were seven out of the nine board members uh, disagreed with him and said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. It might be offensive to someone Mm -hmm. because the word under God's in it. It's uh, it's infuriating. Yeah, I mean, I I come from this from a position of compassion for everyone uh, it, when someone's struggling with these type issues i mean i i i, I really f- come from it from compassion that that they're struggling with these kind of issues but to me the, the fact that this kind of dominates every discussion now now yeah if someone from ecu including the chancellor wants to come on and discuss it heck i'm welcome to talk about it but but when we look back in the last two years of what students and faculty have dealt with They've dealt with this COVID situation. They've dealt with learning loss. They've dealt with times of people being by, their, by themselves, of all, all people, um, particularly youth, where, where they you know, couldn't go to class, couldn't see people, couldn't go out and be with friends. You know, a record number of times of depression issues, of mental health issues, of suicides, drug overdose uh, uh, over uh opioid overdose opioid alcohol. abuse that is just rampant all-time high and maybe that's the topic of the secret hurt making the secret hurt visible i don't know but to me there's a hell of a lot more issues that are more yeah. pertinent than half the agenda being dealing yeah. with this that's just my opinion well and listen i i appreciate the fact that you have uh, empathy and compassion for those people struggling with these issues but frankly benny uh if if you said uh if, if you were to look at them and saying well you're struggling with these issues i think they would be insulted and they would consider you 
uncompassionate because you're well, supposed to celebrate it. Yeah, the fact that I, no, they would they would say I'm I'm struggling with the fact that I'm wrong and I'm a I'm a you know whatever your phobe you want to call me. <laughs> I mean, and of course I come from the position of hell, do what you want to do, but I ain't got to agree with you yeah. on it. And, and, I, don't and have, I don't have to celebrate it. I don't have to celebrate it, and I don't, I'm sure not going to demonize you for it, but I damn sure ain't going to celebrate it. But anyway. Well, my hunch is that um, you're – you wouldn't – well, I'll, I'll just, we'll just leave it at that. I might get myself in trouble here. Um, I shouldn't have stumbled across this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, no, you know, I, I – I, listen, I want to bring that kind of stuff to light. But I sometimes mean, because, I just, mean, well, well look, there's a lot of people that think – you know that happens at UCLA. That happens. Maybe that happens in Chapel Hill, but that doesn't happen at East Carolina. <laughs> About the only place it doesn't happen is maybe an economics class or business class. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. Well, there's actually I know there's uh, at least one political science major uh, professor over there who is uh, pretty conservative. Uh, somebody who's not conservative, Merrick Garland. He came out today and uh, he's a puppet. Well, if you ha- if you saw his announcement today, it was somewhat of a delayed press conference because I mean a lot of people felt like okay, you that an hour after you went in, you should have had some sort of a press conference or a statement. But he came out this afternoon, about two thirty this afternoon, and uh, said that um, they had the, the Department of Justice had gone to uh, a Florida authority and asked them to unseal the search warrant. This is what uh, Merrick Garland said earlier today, cut one. Federal law, longstanding department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Now, I'm no expert on body language, so I, I, but this is just my impression. He, he really seemed like he was uh, discombobulated. Mm-hmm. He, he seemed like he was uh, sheepish, uh, unsure of himself, although he never comes across very forcefully. But I'm, I'm sorry, his, his talks, I mean, four different issues – you know, he's talking about ethical obligations. This this was such an unethical thing. And, and he's talking about – and then he goes on to say, you know, if we could have possibly come in with a less intrusive way of doing this. 
Boy, there's so much stink related to this. I mean, there's there's articles out today about this Judge Reinhardt. There's a really good article on uh, Just the News. But this Justice Reinhardt, just a few weeks ago, recused himself in a uh, lawsuit between Trump and Clinton. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm biased. I can't get involved in this. And yet he turns around and signs this warrant. And you, you talk about ethical obligations. I, I'd like to know how many judges did you have to shop this to before yeah. you found Reinhardt who would sign off on it, who again, based on what he, based on his contributions to Obama, based on his Facebook post demeaning <clears throat> the president, uh, Trump, Based on the fact that, I mean, and this is the biggest one of all, based on the fact that he recused himself from Trump versus uh, Clinton, Mm -hmm. that trial, I mean, he himself admitted, I can't get involved in this. Yeah, I I got a feeling there wasn't any judge shopping done. They knew exactly where they were going to take it, and that's the reason he was put in that position in the D.C. circuit in the first place, is to do things such as that. You know... In other words, it wasn't judge shopping; it was a judge setup. Oh, it, yeah, they already had. They, I mean, they knew exactly who they were going to take it to, uh, because he was put there for that purpose. I, you know, this the American people aren't that stupid. I are hope. not that stupid, and the American people, in the majority, are tired of the dishonesty of our government. Yeah. And this goes on back not only with issue this issue, but you know, this whole COVID thing. Um, and I mean, we've been lied to and lied to by uh, public health at the federal level for cer- for certain. Lied to by politicians about all that, and then you know, from a legal standpoint, wh- how can American citizen trust our justice department at all? Because their track record in the last four years—well, actually five years, going back to just before Donald Trump was elected—I um, mean, their track record is terrible for being. An honest and uh, dedicated public service, to use his term. And I well, mean, well, that's the other thing is laughable. He he came out and said he that the DOJ would apply the law evenly and without fear or favor. What a crock! I, I mean, this is the same Justice Department that lied on the FISA documents. Yes, to get, <laughs> I mean, to start the whole process that started the whole Mueller investigation, and and the federal government spent you know tens of millions of dollars. On this crowd, I mean, why can we believe anything that comes out of his mouth? I mean, I just and I want to I want to see him stand before Congress under oath, and direct, he probably was not involved directly at all, other than just saying "go do it," and 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 to do it is whatever. I mean, he's probably he's probably going to have you know, a lot of plausible deniability on this thing. So he, when he does go to uh, you know, Republicans take over and they goes uh, for testifying on this you know he'll he'll be able to say well you know i, I don't know i'm not sure all this kind of stuff so he doesn't have to lie but I, oh, I don't lie they, yeah, they, don't, they don't mind lying but and again the other issue he, he talks about how offended he is that these accusations and these threats towards these honorable fbi agents and look i am sure there are numerous honorable fbi agents but this is the same guy that was willing to call parents that are attending school board meetings terrorists. Yep, exactly. And this is the same guy that wouldn't offer protection to Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, my gosh, when they arrested that guy who was armed, 
who was his mission was to kill assassinate Brett Kavanaugh and then he wanted to go get Alito after that that was his original plan and and he doesn't do anything I mean we're, this those weren't just threats they caught the guy with, yeah. with, <laughs> yeah Attorney General Garland really was concerned about the law and the safety of people I mean he would have came out to start with on on these um these protests i mean he, he'd have called out sitting sitting congressmen yeah. when they, all these protests against yeah. the supreme court and and schumer and, and, and was up there schumer right yeah and going in their neighborhoods i mean if he really cared about safety yeah. and the lo- rule of law he should have got out there in front of the cameras and say hey this is the law in the united states and this is what is being broken and yep. we're going and we're going to prosecute anyone that does it but no he's just a political puppet yeah. just like we knew he was when he was – I mean, think about it. Obama appointed the Supreme Court, you know, and they didn't take take up the vote. And first chance you get, Biden appoints him as his uh, attorney general, which I guarantee you that was at the direction of President Obama and Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice, guarantee it, because they knew what he was. He would yep. do whatever the Democrat national committee would say and what obama and his team would say and biden, biden's just long long for the ride well isn't it interesting because you got two personalities here you got merrick garland who is the head of the department of justice and you got uh you've got uh, biden who is the in the white house as the president and both of them have such weak personalities mm-hmm. i mean they really do I, I they are very manipulable if that's a word. Did, did I uh, – I didn't get a chance to hear his press conference. Did he address or did anyone ask um, – uh, You did, heard – you just heard about okay. 75% did, of it. It did, only lasted three so, minutes. So did he didn't take any questions. Okay. So no one addressed whether – did the White House know? He, he took no questions. You heard <laughs> – oh in, in essence, you heard the whole press conference. Oh, my He goodness. didn't take any questions. They, they started shouting questions at him. He turned back and – well, I can't take any questions right now because it wouldn't be ethical. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's pathetic. By the way, Breitbart's come out uh, reporting on a new um, survey. Most Americans say the FBI's raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home has motivated them to vote in the midterm election. A convention of states action tra- um, traffickar group survey released Wednesday found uh, they they asked the question: Does the FBI raid on Trump increase your motivation to vote in the 2020 election? Overwhelming majority, 70.4 percent, said the FBI's raid on Trump's residence will increase their motivation to vote in 2022, compared to 21.6 who said they will not. 8.1 said they weren't sure. Over half the Democrats, 55 percent, said they will be more motivated. Eighty-three uh, percent of Republicans said they'd be more motivated. And uh, 70% of independents said they would be more motivated. Uh, Additionally, the survey found that uh, about 50% overall believe Trump's political enemies are behind the raid, compared to about 40% who said that the impartial justice system is behind it. Uh, Well, that probably represents the... uh, And the number of Democrats nationwide is uh, over 40%. So there's actually a few Democrats there that uh, think that uh, there's some hanky-panky going on as well. Can't make it up. Hey, listen, let's take a time out. We come back, we're going to play some political trivia. So give us a call, 561-8255, 561-8255. Your category, American Ingenuity. Got a good prize package? Good question. I think it's going to go pretty quick. Uh, Betty got it pretty quick. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Political Trivia. 
All right, welcome back in. It is News and Views Political Trivia for a Thursday, August the 11th. Your category is American Ingenuity, 561-8255. We do do have a couple of uh, lines open yet, so give us a call, 252-561-8255. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis' East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift certificate from Fit for Life, including free training sessions with a fitness coach, a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aiden. A gift certificate from uh, the good folks at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family has won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up, from New Bern, we've got Bill on the line. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey. How you, you doing? Uh, doing well. You ready to play? Yes, sir. All right. Your category, American Ingenuity. Here's your question. Thomas Edison, he invented numerous things, the phonograph, the light bulb, the motion pictures. This week, 146 years ago, he received a patent for this other invention. This invention was used very commonly up to about 50 years ago. In fact, it was even used in Congress. Today, however, you rarely see it used. What was this invention that Edison made public 146 years ago? The stenographer. That is not it. But I would say he's in the... That was my first guess as yeah. well, Bill. So uh, uh, you're almost in the zip code. You're almost in the zip code. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Five six one eight two five five. That opens up a line. Let's go to Bruce in Emerald Isle. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Hey, hey I'm ready. Uh, okay, Bruce. Um, did I you think- hear the question? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, what do you think this was? He invented 146 years ago. Um. I would say it's an improvement on the telegraph. An improvement on the telegraph. That's not it, but I will Uh say it is in the arena of communication. Okay. Okay. But it's not that. All right. 561-8255. Let's go to Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. Okay. You need to turn your radio down and listen to us over the phone. Otherwise, you're going to have that delay. Oh, Jay. Oh, Jay disappeared. 561-8255. That opens up another line. Five six one eight two five five. Um are we ready for a hint yet? I think maybe. Um who we got? Let's go to Mitch. Mitch. Hey Mitch. Hey Mitch. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, Good. we're doing well. So what do you think? hundred and forty six years ago, Edison invented a lot of things, but this came out one hundred and forty six years ago this week. It was used in Congress. It's in the general arena of communications. And I'll even give you another hint. Um, what, what what years were you in uh, school, Mitch? Oh, 19, uh, 1970. You might have seen this used before you graduated. This is about the time this thing was disappearing. So there you go. There's another hint. Yeah, for you. I got you. I'm going to go megaphone. Megaphone? That's not it. Huh? That's not it. Good guess, though. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got have after Mitch? Betty. Let's go to Betty. Hey, Betty. Hey, Betty. Hey, Tom. Hey, Benny. So, did you hear the question? Uh, repeat it, please. Thomas Edison invented a lot of stuff. 
146 years ago, he received a patent for this invention. This invention was used very commonly up to about 50 years ago. In fact, it was even used in Congress. Today, you rarely see it used. What was this invention that Edison made public 146 years ago this week? Um, something to record the voice. No, it wasn't. Now, he mm. did invent the phonograph, but that wasn't the yeah. one we're talking about this week. So thanks for playing, Betty. Let's go to Ivan. Hey, Ivan. Hey, Ivan. Hey. Are you ready for another hint, or do you think you have it? Uh, no, go. I'd be stupid not to take another hint. All right, you'll take another hint? Okay. So uh, we know uh, it was commonly used up to 50 years ago. Um, we know that um, it was used in schools up to about 50 years ago. It was also used in Congress. Um. This invention also gave off an interesting smell that some people really liked. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mimeograph. Yeah. is it. Yes, you've got it. Way to go, well, Ivan. 146 right. years ago, Edison received a patent for his mimeograph. Today's young students uh-huh. won't remember the mimeograph, homework assignments. But, uh, yeah, remember smelling it? <laughs> So how old are you, Ivan? I am uh, reverse 20, uh, reverse 18. I'm 81. Well, you got to remember the mimeograph then, right? I used to use one when I trained with Merrill Lynch. There you go. That was a yeah, and and you'd, you'd be the teacher would give you an assignment, and the first thing all the kids would do is they'd start sniffing the paper. Where are you calling from? The pink was uh, purple. We're from Buckford. Actually, I was going to say typewriter. My wife told me to say mimeograph. Well, there you go. Well, you better give those gifts to your wife. She got it. Good job, Ivan. (laughs) Congratulations, Ivan. Hang on the line. We're going to get all your information. We'll get you those gift certificates. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Well, congratulations, Ivan Jones from Beaufort, North Carolina. He got our political trivia right. It was 146 years ago this week that Thomas Edison brought out, made public, the mimeograph machine. If you uh, ever worked with one of those, uh, you know what it means to have uh, blue or purple hands. (laughs) Yeah, they were messy. And you're probably higher than a kite after you... uh, (laughs) put out about uh, 200 pages off the mimeograph machine you know we we're talking about the faculty convocation earlier and uh someone texted us and said please note the first item during the convocation is a recitation of the ecu land acknowledgement now we're not sure what that means in fact when i saw it i said well did somebody donate some land to them or something they're going to acknowledge that my, uh, according to our inside information, eh, it doesn't sound like that. Sounds like it's possibly, I mean, it's one of two things. It's either thanking Mother Earth or it is some sort of acknowledgement that we stole this land from the Indians. I'm, I'm, it's it's got to be one of those two things. Yeah, that's what I'm being told. Uh, would not surprise me. Can't make it up. <laughs> this is This is the most important item. To start off the new school year at East Carolina University, can't make it up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. From what I'm being told, it's uh, something that's going to be done across system wide. That's what I'm being told. So. Well, and that that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. 
So the, every university system is going to confess that we stole the land from the Indians? Yeah, and which, you know, I, it's, it's, yeah, we probably obviously did. I mean, we came over here and just uh, acted like we found something no one else had. But but I had an inter- interesting conversation eight or ten years ago. Um, actually, I was in Alberta, Canada, just, just over the border with a um, someone that's pretty high up in the Blackfeet Indian tribe that's, mm-hmm. you know, stretches from pretty much uh what northern wyoming on up to canada and you know he said uh i mean he was he was an educated uh person as well but he said you know the fact of the matter is my people were still in land from other tribes oh yeah so it's not like the europeans uh cornered the market on trying to steal land here before they got but you know it's so I mean, yeah, we obviously came over here, and and uh, and yeah, the, and the Indians were treated awful. Yeah, they they were. they were, they were. But uh, there's also tribes that treated each other awful before we got here. So, um, but you know, hey, that's that's the thing. Now you got to be shamed in of what happened centuries before you, as if you had anything to do with it. Well, and, um, and when does it stop? At what point does it stop? Well, it's all it's all part of the. The same part of the people are doing this, trying again, trying to divide people in pockets of people to hate each other and divide and, each and other and make you the victim. Keep people divided and, 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 and victim, divided and stupid. And they, while you're being divided and while you're being too stupid to see what's going on, they're behind the scenes changing everything for their complete control. You know, as long as the progressive keep people as victims no matter i don't care where you are but if you're going to play the victim you're never going to get out of your situation you're always if you if you play the victim woe is me you know come give me empathy and sympathy and pat me on the back but you as an individual will never take control of your life you'll never succeed because you'll 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 be down in the dumps of this victim mentality and quite frankly you were very easy to manipulate at that point. So if you want to be manipulated, continue to be the victim. Yeah, and and to me, the most amazing thing to me, that seemingly intelligent and well-educated people and people at the university level should be able to see what's going on. You know, this has been been tried for 100 years in in Europe um, and in the United States, and it was tried from the standpoint of the spread of socialism, spread of Marxism. It, it, It was tried from the perspective of... You, you know, pit the the worker against the company. Oh, yeah. You know, and in the United States, that that has not taken hold. You know, right on right on up to just to, even in the nineties, they even tried to or two thousands, they tried to make make a bigger push with the whole uh, uh, what was the Wall Street movement? Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, where people were pooping this, on the sidewalks. The up same Wall Antifa Street, guys yeah. now, but 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 now they said, you know, okay, it hadn't worked. Um, so we're going to try a race now. And it, it's been an all-out process of trying to pit race against race and demonize the white man against every other uh, other person. And th- that's the way they think they're going to bring this country down. And you know what? They're winning. Right I, now. I think they're winning right, right now. now. It would be interesting to find out, are they are they taking it too far, though? I mean, some of the things that have happened this week – uh, they are really, really pushing it hard. And I think one of the reasons they're pushing their agenda so hard is because I think they realize that unless they have a major cheat scandal ready to uh, uh, launch 
come this November during the midterms, I think they realize uh, we've got to get it all done between now and November because otherwise uh, we're, we're going to be out of control. Uh, the phrase that escaped me was Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, you you know, that happened uh, right yeah. after the financial crisis. And, yeah, where yeah. everybody was taking drugs and pooping and peeing on the street. And, and, and that here, was a lot of fun. And look, here again <laughs> – the, the, they, they saw an opportunity. They saw a, a failure of the financial system. And why was the failure of the financial system? Because big government and big banks tried to manipulate the system. They were the cause of it. Yep. And then they tried to take an opportunity to say, you know what, let's just bring the whole system down. and then So take we can complete, fix it. So we can so replace we can it. Yeah. Replace it with complete control. Exactly what's trying to happen right now with the Great Reset. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, and by the way, climate real, change mess. Um, well, it's, uh, it is a climate change mess. By the way, the uh, Carolina Journal is reporting the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals has denied a motion from two Democratic groups that tried to block the Green Party from appearing on the North Carolina general election ballot. Uh, so they're on the ballot, but why would these two groups, why did the Democrats, because you know earlier the Democrats at the North Carolina State Board of Elections voted not to let them on the ballot. The Republicans said, yeah, you can be on the ballot. Uh, now, these are the people that want to be transparent and fair. Why are they so, you know, they're just, crooks? Well, and, and they're cheats. But listen, they know that the Green Party is competition for them. Oh, yeah. And the competition for the voters. And uh, they realize they need every vote they can get. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. Yep. Congratulations again, Ivan Jones, our political trivia winner. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then, everybody. Bye-bye.